What do we mean by inspiration? Is the Bible inspired? Inspiration refers to the divine influence projected over the human authors of the Bible to the extent that the words and thoughts originally written were completely without error. What we think about inspiration will determine what we think about the Bible. Divine inspiration demands that the result of God's inspiring activity be the actual Word of God and not merely a book containing the Word of God or an approximation of it. I like what Dr. Merrill Unger in his Bible Dictionary has written, quote, The Bible was given to the world to bear witness to one God, creator, and sustainer of the universe, end the quote. To ensure that mankind would be convinced of its uniqueness as the voice of God, Jesus Christ was sent to bear witness to that truth of the Bible, and by his birth, his life, his death and resurrection confirmed that it must be divinely inspired due to its precise fulfillment. The Bible is a revelation of God's redemptive plan and purposes in Christ, and all this is for our benefit. It is not a book of science, history, or other discipline of learning, but when it touches on such areas, it does so with complete accuracy. Because it came to mankind by God-controlled prophets, it is inerrant and infallible in its original writing. The Bible is the book of God. That title lays claim to the fact that it is God's message to man, as the Bible itself claims throughout. It is a revelation of God himself, what he has done, and what further things he will do. One cannot seriously read the Bible without being convinced that a case is made for its uniqueness. The Old Testament was given to Israel alone. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Moses wrote, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? King David said, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. Those Jews believed that their God had spoken to their prophets. What can be known about the God of creation and redemption apart from the revelation known as the Bible? Why, without the Bible we would be torn between devotion to idols or what the learned men of the ages have speculated about the gods. Perhaps like the Greeks, we would have many gods and live in fear of each of them. But we worship one God, the God of the Bible, whose forty-some authors over a period of some 1,400 years recorded what was revealed to them for an eternal record. They were kings, peasants, fishermen, physicians, philosophers, statesmen, scholars, poets, and men of the soil. The result of their varied messages to us 
is a unified continuity of purpose possible only under the control of a supreme being. The theme of the Bible is the person of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is said to be preparation for that person. The Gospels are a manifestation of him. The book of Acts is propagation of his word, and the epistles are explanation. Finally, Revelation is the consummation of all that belongs to Jesus Christ, the Lord. The doctrine of inspiration in no way depends upon our ability to defend it or to shout louder than opponents of it. Since inspiration is so embedded in the oracles of God, no saint or apostle could do otherwise than to believe the word God has spoken. The Bible is a book of words and gives emphasis to words. When it refers to its message, it does not call attention to concepts, thoughts, or ideas. It speaks instead of a message given to men. Jesus said, quote, I have given them thy words which thou gavest me. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. Without words, there could be no inspiration, and words are the means of communication from God to man. There are a variety of theories of inspiration, and they have been offered for many centuries, and these often reflect the doubts which men have. Some men have tried to explain the Bible by the dictation theory. No, God did not dictate his word, and men write it down exactly as he dictated. They were not secretaries taking it down in shorthand or longhand. And we know that because of the fact that the style and the writing of various books differs. That's evidence against the dictation theory. The only evidence and it's very small, that there was some dictation from God to man, is when Moses received the law in God's presence at Sinai. God's finger wrote on the tablets. But only those Ten Commandments, then, came by that means. The rest of it came as God breathed into Moses those laws which he wanted to give to the people, and Moses wrote them under the inspiration of the Spirit. Then there's the theory about partial inspiration, and it says that God's part in this is confined to doctrinal subjects and to topics unknown by the human writers. Thus they say only parts of the Bible are inspired, but not the rest of it. Some people talk about selective inspiration, and that theory holds that some parts of the Bible are more inspired than others. It is a matter of degree, they say. And if a passage raises problems for the reader, they say it obviously is not as inspired as other verses. Well, that doesn't make too much sense for those of us who want to know whether God has spoken or not. Then some people talk about natural inspiration. 
They say that by birth, certain persons were blessed with unusual spiritual insight, not unlike famous artists, musicians, and poets, perhaps even like some political leaders. Their masterpieces are evidence of natural inspiration, they say. So, there were certain men with special insight into spiritual matters who wrote our Bible. Well, that's what that theory of natural inspiration says, but it doesn't hold up. Anything that bears the mark of divine inspiration must be perfect in its content. The Bible is that way. There, in addition, is the theory of inspiration that says only the thoughts were given to the writers, not the words. This means that the Holy Spirit presented sacred truths to the apostles and the prophets, but he left it to them to decide how to write it for future generations. Knowing man's ability to confuse communication, we are in trouble if this is how the Bible came to us. None of these views represent what the Bible itself claims for the revelation given to mankind by the Spirit. If we are going to rely upon the doctrinal facts of the Bible, we would be wise to get our facts about inspiration from these same prophets and apostles. What does the Bible say about inspiration? One of the best passages on the subject is 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 16. Paul writes, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, that may not sound like too much until we analyze what the meanings of these words are. When it says all scripture, it means all those writings which came from God and which the Jews believed were from God. He said all scripture is inspired by God. The Greek word here means were God-breathed. All scripture was God-breathed. Think of it, all that is written was not man-breathed, but God-breathed. God breathed into man his message so he could write it. He wrote it with words. He didn't breathe on the prophet, he breathed into the prophet. And the result was the word of God written on papyrus. Now, the fact that all Scripture is God-breathed makes it profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. There is nothing in the Bible that will do otherwise. All of it is proper. None of Scripture will lead anyone astray because it comes from God. These are the words which God wants us to have. The fact that there is a God must mean that he needs to communicate something to his creatures. And if he doesn't, how can he hold us responsible? How can God judge the world unless he first tells the world what he expects of us? If any man has a God who has not spoken, then he has an idol for a God. The living God 
The creator of heaven and earth has spoken. Jesus affirmed it when he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which comes from the mouth of God, he believed in a speaking God. And he also affirmed that that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was his father who had given him the words to speak to the Israelites in that first century. God spoke in time past by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his Son. All of these lectures on the authority of the Bible, which we have been broadcasting on radio, are available on cassette tape. You can learn all about inspiration, revelation, how God has spoken, and what Jesus, Paul, and Peter said about the Word of God. This series on the authority of the Bible includes six tapes. You may order by writing to the Radio Bible Course. We have some 25 other short courses on cassette tape, which are listed in our brochure entitled Teaching Tapes. It includes an order form for your purchase. You can get that also by writing to the Radio Bible Course. Ask for the Teaching Tape brochure. If you teach a class, we are sure that our teaching tapes will greatly enhance your teaching, as well as give insight into many difficult passages. Most of the New Testament epistles are included in our list of teaching tapes, as well as the Gospel of John and the Book of Revelation. Write for a copy of Teaching Tapes. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.